Good to see each one of you here this morning. I pray that you've enjoyed Sunday school. You're going to be blessed this morning. And Lauren Dickey our, uh, and his wife Karen, they're missionaries in Mexico, uh, give you a little uh, cross-reference there. They have worked with Charlie and Robin Janey, which you all know quite well. And Brother Lauren will be sharing the Word of God with you today. Sorry about that. I'm not used to holding one. We praise God, though, for you being here. If you notice, just a quick point of interest on the board, that's one of the things we'll be talking about tonight in our business meeting. Also, we'll be talking about a children's playground. Folks are asking me what in the world we're meeting. That's what it's for. So you come, and uh, that will something like that will bring us into the 21st century. That is the LED sign and all. And we'll talk about it, give you all the facts about it tonight, okay? Also, I want to uh, welcome you this morning, all of our guests. Please, right in front of you, there is a slip of paper in the pew. Please fill that out so we'll have a record of your being here. And for our members, praise God you're here today. I just pray God has blessed you this week and that through the service today, we will take the time to say, Lord God, have your way and your will in our lives. That is my desire for us this morning. So I just encourage you to join with me in saying, Lord God, take control. Will you stand with me as we pray? Lord God, we thank you and we praise you. We love you so very much. Now, Father, speak to our hearts. Let us just be quiet and be still for a moment to receive from you the word from God the Holy Spirit. Lord God, use Brother Lauren to share the truth, to minister to us. And then, Lord God, I pray that we'll receive the word that he has for us. Forgive us where we fail you, Father. For those that do not know you as Lord and Savior, I would pray they would come to know you. And Father, for Christians that truly need to make a decision of obedience to you, let it be so this day. Now as we give praise and worship to you through song, receive our sacrifice of praise. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Brother Harold. All right, good morning. Remain standing. Let's sing this chorus this morning because we are here to worship. Here I am to worship. Altogether worthy, altogether. 
singing. He puts a new song in our heart. Hope that new song is in your heart today. There's within our heart a melody. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and Jesus is dying. He set us free.
deep in my heart there's a gladness Jesus has saved me from sin praise to his name what a Why do I sing about Jesus? Why is He precious to me? He is my Lord and my Savior. Dying, He set me free. Only a glimpse of His goodness that was sufficient. Crystal flowing by. 
life to me and the fairest of ten thousand in my blessed Lord I see verse 5 by the crystal flowing river with the ramps and I will sing and forever stand please let's sing this course he is here he is here mm. the holy spirit he is here he's here within me hope he's in you in your heart too let's have our ushers come forward this time to this morning's offering and then carol bring us this song he is here hallelujah praise you. We love you. We thank you how you bless us so abundantly. Now, Father, as we give back unto you your tithe and then our love offerings, Father, bless them. Use them to further your kingdom. And we give you praise for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Well, there's nothing like having children's church going on. All right, kiddos, I see them gathering back there. Y'all just get going. There they go. This morning, we're going to be privileged to have a gentleman by the name of Lauren Dickey, a missionary of IMB for a long time. I don't know how long, but a long time. He'll tell you all that stuff. But I know he's got to be a good guy. For two reasons. Three, actually. First of all, he wears boots. <laughs> Second of all, he wears a cowboy hat. And thirdly, he loves Jesus from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And he wants to tell people about Jesus. So this morning, you tune in with God and hear what God has to say to you through Brother Lauren. Brother Lauren, come share, brother. Come on. Hello. Well, I hope my mic's on. Well, I saw a little it. light right there. Is it green? Blue? It's green. You it's are. green? Okay. Well, hey, there we go. Good morning. I assume everyone's doing wonderful this morning. Well, get over that. I'm preaching. In, does anyone know why we do not wear hats inside in the United States? Huh? It's Mama Smack you. Anybody. Actually goes the whole way back to World War I. In the Bible, that's right. That's, that's right. Yeah, it talks about men. But you know what? The non-believers, they have no clue of what the Bible says. So does anyone know why World War I changed the way men acted? Especially non-believers. Because in the military, when you walk into a room, you have to take your cover off. And that, so many men who were not believers, who did not understand anything biblical, they at least understood when you walk in a room, you take your cover off. Now, another thing is, you know, when you have your cover on, you know, which is very, in other countries, especially in the country of Mexico, a man will never take his hat off, ever. I mean, they wear the, their, they get up in the morning, the first thing on their head is their hat. And so it's not uncommon to see a man get up in the morning and go to breakfast in his shorts. Have y'all, have y'all ever seen that before? You know, and now underneath these jeans are some really sexy legs, so you know, I wasn't allowed to do that because there's too many women around here, but my wife said you can't wear your shorts, but uh, you know, that's the way you go, you know, and so culturally, we have to adapt to what they're doing, so as a man in Mexico, I will even preach with my hat on, now understand, we're not in churches, 
we're, I mean, we're in some building or some school or some place that they're allowing us, but if the other men who are non-believers are wearing their hat, and I act like, okay, we all got to take our hats off, who am I to tell them that they have to take their hats off? And so we have to be culturally adapt wherever we're going. And in most of the countries I've been in, except for the country of Chile, you know, it's been very common. Now, because your culture is you take your hat off, I will oblige, because that is what we do, and that's why we have to be culturally adapt in every situation that we go in. And who was the best of the best to be culturally adapt? Jesus, man, I mean, he walked that example for everybody, and you know, he could get down and talk to any person. Matter of fact, most of the time he was talking to fishermen and farmers and to people who were just normal people. Now I understand when I was coming to Montanay that there were probably not many normal people here at this church is what I was told. And so I was like, well, how in the world am I going to get this across? But I just prayed a lot. I said, Lord, help them. You know, I understand, you know. I understand they got one of them, their pastors, you know, walks around, won't wear his cowboy hat during church services and stuff like that. But, you know, we've been praying for you. But I, I found out that your, your pastor actually has a rescue dog like I have. And so I'm like, okay, then he's really not all that bad a guy, even though some people, you know, you know talk bad about him. As a missionary, we try to be like Jesus. And there was this one dude, hope that don't offend anybody. There was this one dude who was a great missionary. And he went out after God opened his eyes. And he started sharing Jesus with all of the known world. Does anyone know his name? Man, y'all are pretty smart. I didn't know if we'd get through that or whatever. But Paul went out and he started, you know, doing all this stuff. And your women came down there to Mexico and they saw me in my shorts and my cowboy hat and my boots coming to breakfast, you know, going, what we're going to eat this morning, you know. I mean, I mean that's, a, that's what you do, right? I mean, that's how you go to breakfast. So I went down and then they made fun of me and I was okay with that because, you know, I'm me, you know. I mean, it's not a big deal. And so the women came back to this church. And this is where I have a problem with y'all a little bit. Come back to this church and they said, we need to pray for Brother Lorne to be more like Paul, a real missionary. I thought, what in the world were they talking And so, since they've came back and prayed... For me to be more like Paul, I got thrown in jail. Thank y'all. Appreciate it. Appreciate them prayers. Be more like Paul. Yep. Uh-huh. Y'all are doing good. I need to help y'all with that prayer thing, how to do it. But anyways, idea was great. Mm, you know, you really should have read more about Paul before you started praying for me like that, you know. So I get thrown in jail and... I'm innocent as can be. Stole my own car, basically. So you, you stole your car, so you're going to jail in Mexico. What? So I went to jail for two days, 48 hours, because that's the law. The day they put the chains on you, 
That starts your time. And innocent or guilty, you're in there for, 20, for 48 hours. Two days, solid, doesn't matter. So, well, and all the guys in prison, you know, when you go to prison, I know y'all been there. Anybody been there before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. So you go in there, and they lock you up, and, and you realize that everyone in there is probably on drugs or been drinking or, you know, especially when it's the middle of the night, and all of a sudden you're in there, and you're going, huh, this is a good crowd. They take everything away from you, your belt and everything. They left me with my pants. I exactly was wearing sweats at that time. They left me with my sweats and my T-shirt that were clean, and no one else in the whole place was clean. They were all, looked like they'd been in a mud pile, basically. They take you in, they lock you up, and they say, and everyone in there, 48 hours, they're going to let you out no matter what. I'm like, 48 hours? Man, I'm innocent as could be. Surely, you know, come on. You know, they're going to, it's my car. You know what I mean? How long is it? And so I'm in there. Like, well, I guess. Jesus has a reason for me being here. So let me get out my Bible so I can start preaching at the... Oh, that's right, they took my phone. Don't even have a New Testament on me. You know, when Christ talks to us about having the Word, where are we supposed to have the Word? In our heart and in our mind, right? And when He talks to us about that, a lot of people think that Bible memorization is not all that important. Especially, you know, in another language. Because understand, all those hundreds of Bible verses in English, they don't help you a whole lot in Spanish because then you're trying to translate them in your brain. It's a whole lot, you know. But luckily, God's good. He gave me a bunch of them Bible verses that I memorized while I was in language school and then on because I wanted to preach. And so knowing the Word of God is very important for every missionary. And Paul was the same way. Here he was, locked up. And he was able to talk to them and share. Now understand, Paul knew the Word of God before he ever got became a Christian. That's pretty amazing, you know. I mean, so he knew the Word of God. How many of us have been Christians for 20 or 30 or 40 years and we still can't quote those scriptures that are necessary to share with someone when we need to? Understand on your last dying day, we don't know when that's going to be, but there's more than likely going to be someone standing there who doesn't know Christ, probably an ambulance driver or someone like that. And when you can at your dying breath say, no matter what you do, Jesus is the most important person that needs to be in your life. Let me share you how you can accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. And when you do that on your dying breath, believe me, that person's eyes are going to pop open because they're going to say all the pain that that person has does not matter because they have Christ. And these are things that transformed. One of the things that transformed our missionaries in Mexico was there were these group of women that came down there. And what did they come down there to do? Uh, let's see, uh, cook and clean and, 
and you know do things like and their Spanish oh my lord was that bad I mean that was some bad Spanish I've never heard such worse Spanish in my life but the truth of the matter is our national missionaries got to see Christ in you and that is what is important not all the things not all the stuff but even though you couldn't speak the language can see Christ so these are the two things you did you prayed for me to be more like Paul thank you appreciate that so I get thrown in jail and then this last year it was another miracle be more like Paul so then for about six months I couldn't walk I couldn't hold a pen in my hand to write I couldn't do any of those things because I got attacked by this disease that all of a sudden, you know, they said, well, you've had this for years. It just didn't show itself until after you got that COVID shot. Thank you for the COVID shot, too. I appreciate that. A COVID shot. Yeah, amen. So anyways, so then I couldn't do anything, and I'm thinking, who's been praying for me to be more like Paul? That daggone church at Montanay. I knew it was y'all. I knew it was y'all 100%. So I said, okay. God, if this is the way it's going to be, I understand. And Paul, in his ministry, loved the people so much that being in prison at the very end wasn't that difficult. I understand your pastor's been talking about these missionary journeys of Paul. We're going to jump almost down to the end here we're going to go to the book of Philemon. And Philemon is a book I'm sure all of you know by heart because it's only got like 25 verses or something like that. It's so short. Does anyone know why the book of Philemon is so short? Do what? He's shortened to the point? Well, I've seen some people that are short. Oh, that's a different short anyways. Philemon is a book that Paul wrote. He says, I think it's the 17th verse. I'll get to it in a second. He said that he wrote it with his own hands. And we know that the infirmary, the, the infirmity that he had was something, you know, that was bad. And this is the way I look at it. When I know that Paul had an infirmity, this disease, and y'all have been praying for me to be more like Paul, and I find out that I've got this psoriatic arthritis, which turns into a ankylosing a spondylitis. Write them down. Which basically means all those little bone fragments, they grow on your spine, so they cut off your nerve. And that's why I couldn't walk, because my nerves were being pinched. And so as I got on some medicine, it made it a little bit better, and now I can't get the medicine because I'm in the United States of America where you've got to have 5,000 doctors look at you before you can ever get a prescription. And thank y'all for that too, y'all prayful. I'm blaming everything on y'all in case you don't. So here he was, you know, and he wrote this with his own hand. And we know that that hand was probably trembling. His eyes were going bad, which, you know, the truth of the matter is, I'm going to look at this Bible here in a little bit and try to read some of it. His eyes were going bad. His hands were shaking. His body did not work. How many of y'all can relate? 
It happens. If it hasn't happened to you yet, just wait a little while. It's a coming. And it happens to every one of us. Understand, in Paul's time, there weren't doctors and medicine and all this stuff, you know, that we have today to help us. Thank God for that. That we have all these things that God has just provided for us abundantly. Here was Paul. But Paul knew a couple things. And this was partially from his Old Testament study when he was a Jew. He knew that there were three things important for him. There are three things important for us. In all of the world and everything that God is calling us to do, there are these three things that are important. And Paul would tell you from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, y'all know this verse, verse 14, that this is where we find the foundation of what is important for each and every one of us as believers. Because our faith has to be founded in Christ, but we have to have a daily walk with Him. And this, in the second book of Chronicles, in that seventh chapter, in the 14th verse, this is when, who is that king? Solomon. He finishes what? The house of God, the temple. And you know what he does? You know, like, how many of y'all built something? Might not have built it real well, but yeah, buddy, here's my young man back there. He knows. And when you finish that thing, you're proud, aren't you? Look at what I built. You are. And that was, that was Solomon. He was proud of the temple of God and what he built. And God said, hey, Solomon, chill out, buddy. Because... If my people who are called by my name do not humble themselves. Because he says, you must humble yourselves and pray. Pray. Boy, I tell you what, this is where we have to start in everything that we're doing. And that's why I appreciate y'all, even if y'all prayed a little wrong. But you know, I mean, pray. If we'll look at that, they even got the verses up on there quick, you know, if my people are going to humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. See, God, when we seek His face, when we come in prayer, guess what's going to happen? We're going to turn from our wicked ways. See, if you weren't witnessing enough, if you weren't, doing what Jesus wanted you to do, and you all of a sudden, you know, I haven't hardly shared Jesus with anybody this last couple weeks. You know what Jesus is going to do? He's going to throw you in jail. And there are going to be 350 dudes in there that have never heard about Jesus. And when you first start sharing your testimony and the Word of God with them, some of them are going to be going, we don't got to listen to him. And they don't use real good language either in jail, in case you didn't know. So every other word I heard in the Marine Corps, you know, I was like, I know that word, and I know that word. Can't say them in church, but I know those words. And so they're doing this, and then all of a sudden, one guy gets saved. One. And he goes, 
You know, we need to start listening to what he's saying. Because one's heart gets turned. And you know, that's what Christ wants us to do. When we pray, seek his face, humble ourselves, and we turn from our wicked ways. Well, he's a missionary, it's not too wicked. Let me tell you, if you're not sharing Jesus with people, that is a wicked way. I said that in church, Pastor. There might be some people who don't like me now. We have to share Christ. And it's not like it's hard. There are people everywhere that you can say, do you know Jesus loves you? And that's enough to get a conversation going. And so there in jail, I realized maybe I wasn't sharing enough. Maybe I wasn't doing enough. Maybe I'm glad that that church at Montanay prayed for me to be more like Paul. And it was great. Sleeping on cement floor, that was awesome. I won't even talk to you about the toilet. <laughs> but we did have six of them for 350 dudes. We had our little cells with about 50 of us in a cell. It was fun. But the greatest thing was sharing Christ and seeing men who had never heard the gospel coming around and sitting and listening in my cell. And as they moved us from one cell to the other, every four or five hours they moved you. The other guys would hear the story because we'd all be out there. And then they, when we were telling the Bible stories in my cell, they would all get up next to their bars. Let me get up there. Let me get up here so they could hear the story of what Christ could do for them also. Sometimes we think, oh my goodness, y'all were probably praying for me to get out of jail. Get out of jail free. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Well, that's okay. I didn't need the $200. But, really, the original prayer was the better prayer. Lord, let him be more like Paul. Because sometimes those struggles and strifes are things that just happen in our life. But you know what? There was this one guy in Paul's life who I think was instrumental in all these things. Because the number one thing Paul knew about, and it was prayer. And when he started talking with this guy about Jesus, Philemon accepted Christ. But Philemon was really cool because Philemon allowed his servants come and hear the sermon also. So if you've got your book open to Philemon, then you're going to find this one guy. His name is pretty important in the Bible for all of us. You know, if you have a hard time finding Philemon, you go to all the T-books. You know, Timothy, uh, Thessalonians, Titus, all the T-books are together. And it's the next book after the T-books is Philemon. Y'all, that's how I do the Bible. I'm not super intelligent. So that's the way I do the Bible. So right after Titus is that. And you find this guy called Philemon. And because my eyes are so bad and I didn't bring my glasses, he says this. Here we go. I'm going to start in... Uh, because he basically talks to Philemon in the first couple verses. And then he says, I thank God making mention for you always 
in my prayers. Hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That basically is called a testimony. He's actually talking about this word called testimony. That all these good things that you have received in Christ, you can tell to others, and that is called your testimony. Because every one of us has a different testimony, a different way in which we can share what Jesus has done for us, and that it was only Christ and not me and my abilities, but it was Christ and His abilities that changed this part of my life, and He is the one who is working in my life. And so that's awesome, talking about our testimony. And for we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, my brother. And of course, using the word brother is not just a simple thing. You know, today we talk brother and sister in church all the time, and we talk about it. Have you ever been called brother by someone who is not a Christian? And not your family. You know? <laughs> Obviously, if you're a brother, yeah. A, yeah but. but when non-believers go, thank you, brother, it means a different world from what we believe in, in Christianity. In Christianity, we understand that we're the family of God. But when a non-believer calls you brother, that means I accept you as part of my family. I will listen to every word you have to say. And so, you know, it wasn't real common at this point to use the words brother and sister and all that on the Christian thing. But boy... Was it common in the world to say, you are part of my family? Paul is saying that to him, saying this is a big thing. We are family. We are together in all these things. And I understand that that's why y'all prayed so fervently for Karen and myself, so that, you know, she would have a better husband, and so I'd be a better guy and all that stuff, and be more like Paul, and get sick, and get thrown in jail, and do all those kind of things. But here comes one of the big things that happened for Philemon. Not only did he get saved, but then a certain man gets saved who is not part of his family. Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you, being such as one as Paul, the aged. I like that part. I am aged. See, that's another thing y'all praying for, and then I got old, and now I'm hurting. And now, also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He was in jail. He was in jail. And I appeal to you for my son, brother, son Onesimus I think it's called Onesimus in in English but Onesimus who was Onesimus 
Y'all probably know the story. It's one of the shortest books of the Bible, so it's real easy to read. I mean, it's a great read when you're doing it. But who was Onesimo? He was a slave. Now, Jesus told his disciples, you, if you want to go to heaven, if you want to be a believer, you must deny yourself and become a slave to me. And so Paul actually probably, as he was preaching Jesus, he was probably talking this word, and here was this slave in the back that was like, you love me? Jesus loves me? What are some No rights. You know, you can't go to Burger King or go get you something to eat or do whatever you want to do. Your food is what you get, sort of like what we had in Mexico. You know, I don't know what them women were cooking, but no, it was really good. I'm sorry, I do I had to, you know, do a little jab thing there. It was really good and I appreciate it. But, you know, you have no rights, and so here's this man, he has no rights, and not only that, what was his name? Guess what? Paul changed his name to Onesimo. His original, you, literally, they named their slave by the ability. There was a guy that was a good blacksmith that worked in the irons, and so they named him that, the blacksmith. And a guy that was good in the fields, they would call him the farmer or the planter or whatever because they didn't really care about these individuals. Slavery was something that they were lower than me. And so, but did anyone know what Onesimo's original name was? And before he gets Onesimo? Does anyone know what Onesimo means? Useless. No, it means useful. His original name was useless. Paul changed that, adding a different ending, saying he is so useful. And could you imagine this slave that had been called useless his whole life, and all of a sudden he gets a new name saying you are so useful. A change in attitude. A change in life. A change in everything. And why was he so useful all of a sudden from someone that couldn't do anything right? You know, sometimes when we're building little houses or something with our little toys and things, we just can't get it right. And then all of a sudden we get it right and everyone goes, man, look how good you are. And we're like, wow, that's pretty good. When they say how good we are, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, same way with Onesimo. When Paul changed his name to very useful, this man's life was like, wow, thank you. But the reason why he became useful is because God changed his life. Only Christ can change our lives. Ladies, when you came down and you cooked, you helped change the way some of our missionaries felt. Because they felt like, we're useless. No one cares about us. We're not able to do... We're not seeing a great movement of people getting saved. We're not... Woo! You changed their mindset and their attitude by serving them and becoming slaves and doing the simple things 
and their lives changed. Enrique started a church. Within a year, there's over 60 members in that church. One of our missionaries that just, just accepted the call. He was like, I can't do it. I can't do it, brother. Lord, I can't do it. Can't I do it? I'm not called to be a missionary. I'm not called to be a pastor. Can't do it. Yet last week, he sent me a, a little picture on WhatsApp. These are the 70 plus people that came to our first service. And only four of them are believers. This is a little dirt community out in the middle of nowhere. And people are dying to hear the word of Jesus Christ. When we humble ourselves and we pray, we seek His face, we're able to do wonderful things. And it takes churches like Montanay to do that. First thing you got to do is what? Pray. And we'll go very short on this second thing. The second thing is you got to give. Without the giving, we can't send missionaries. Paul did not believe in giving when he was preaching in cities. He could work and he did what he had to do. Now, your pastor here, he can't work, you know what I mean? He's really, he's sick and everything. He can't do nothing, so y'all got to support him. But, but Paul, when he was locked up in jail, and the first churches said, hey, we're going to send you some money. Do you know that that was the first time we go from Old Testament to New Testament giving? What was Old Testament giving? It was food. Animals, vegetables, food. My wife one time, I'll tell this little story, and then, then I'll get to the last point and we'll be done. So y'all can wake up. So my wife one time, we were out in Nicaragua in the mountains, and you know we were praying for people and sharing Jesus, and she went into this one house, a well house thing. Y'all called a shed. So that's where they lived. And so she went in this little wooden shed where this family was living, and the lady was there, and she had all of her idols to pray to. And my wife goes, I want to pray to the true and living God for you, that he will change your life. Now this whole community, it took two years, but this whole community has accepted Christ. And one of their own is preaching there. But it took a while. I mean, there's, it doesn't happen overnight. So she goes in and she goes, I want to pray to the true living God. She prays and after she prays, the lady is so happy. What'd she give her? A what? A live chicken. <laughs> live chicken. My wife is from Fayetteville, Arkansas. She ain't never held a chicken in her life, especially a live one. Barely held one that was cooked, you know what I mean? But she never, and so here she was, she gets this chicken, and she goes, what do I do with it? So they stick it up under her arm, and of course it's still going, and the lady, they show her, you take that head, and you put it up underneath there, and it goes to sleep, you know. Did y'all know that? You put it up under the wing, and then you put it right there, and that chicken will go to sleep. So here's my wife walking in the mountains of Nicaragua with this chicken. They get to the next house. And you know, she needs her cane and all this stuff to not fall down. She was a lot younger. But she gets to the next house and they do the same thing. They pray for this family. They give her another chicken. 
She's like, it's the funniest thing you ever seen in your life. So she's got two chickens and she's walking down these paths trying to duck the tree branches and doing all that stuff. But this was the way that we gave. We gave out of our what we had. And they still do this in the law of the world. But to send a chicken to Paul from Jerusalem... That chicken ain't got a chance of making it there. I mean, he ain't got a chance. No way. You know, I've seen people carrying chickens on buses and walking with chickens out, but I mean, that would be a long journey with a live chicken. And by the time he got there, poor thing probably starved to death because he didn't get any food or water. So, in this, we started this thing called monetary giving, which is called, you know, your tithes and your offerings. We thank you for the way you give to missions because your church gives. And the third thing, to be a missionary church is we have to go. Onesimo, on that day. Now I'm reading into these verses, okay? This is, this is not from Scripture. But when Philemon says, I need to send this money and this letter to Paul who is in Roman prison. All the rest of the people are, ain't going to know Roman prison. <laughs> they may lock me up. I'm the wrong color. I'm the wrong everything. I can't read and I can't write. I don't know any of those things. If they even stop me and say, what are you doing? What am I going to do? And probably didn't even know the language that great. And here was this one slave in the back. I want to go! I want to go! And this is the one that is the most useless. Can't do anything. So I'm sure Philemon was like, that's a good man. We'll get rid of him. Send him on to Rome. Let him find Paul and give this money and give this. Why was Onesimo so excited about going to Rome? Because the man who shared Jesus with him and he accepted him as Lord and Savior changed his life so much that he becomes Onesimo, the youthful one. Jesus can do the same thing for you. And he wants you to do the same thing for others. To share the simple story of Jesus Christ so that the world will know. You are world changers. This church has changed the world. Because you have went out and we have seen churches catching on fire for Jesus because they know there's a church praying for them. Giving to missions and actually coming out there and going. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You for this church. I thank You for their pastor and for all of the leaders of this church. Lord, we pray for the membership here that You would... Use them in a mighty way for missions. We love them in Mexico. We'd like to see them in Mexico. But Father, if you're calling them anywhere in this world, Father, we pray that they will hear that call and they will go. And they will do what you would like them to do. And Father, I thank you for the opportunity to stand and preach. The opportunity to stand here and with the Word of God. That this Word of God will truly Help them realize that each and every one of them has the responsibility and the capability 
to share Jesus with the lost and dying world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You stand with us, please, Brother oh, Harold. there he is. You lead us in a song, would you? You've heard the gospel. You've heard the truth. You've heard it presented in a very special way. If you don't know Jesus, this is your opportunity. If you do and you need to be obedient to Him to join the church, to ask Him to forgive you of whatever sin that you have committed and not been a part of His family and represented Him in a proper way. Prayer altars are right here. You come on. Don't wait. Don't tarry. God is saying right now is the time to be obedient unto the Lord. Brother Harold, lead us, brother. You come on, don't wait, don't tarry. Come right now. and every one of you being here. Thank you, Brother Lauren, for the word. I praise God. You just uh, remember tonight, I, I really encourage you 
please be back at 6 o'clock for our, we'll have a short devotion and then I pray a brief business meeting. But I need to bring you up to speed concerning the, uh, the possibility of us getting a new sign that will bring us into the 21st century and give us the opportunity to be recognized a little more. And also, uh, Children's Playground has been brought up by our children's director and all. So we need to talk about those things and see what the church's desire is at that point in time. We have one quick announcement that I know of, and I'm going to take her a mic over here so you can hear her. She's pretty loud anyway, but I'm going to give her a mic. Good morning. Uh, next Wednesday, July the 3rd, we're going to do our Wednesday night meal, or July 5th, sorry. We're going to do our Wednesday night meal a little bit different. The church is going to, actually Harold, is going to grill hamburgers and hot dogs. I'm requesting that each family bring a dish, and we're going to turn it into a potluck. The fourth is the day before, and I know darn good and well you're going to have leftover baked beans, potato salad, fruit, all that kind of good stuff. So we're giving all of you the opportunity to participate in a potluck. Don't forget to sign up so I know how many hamburgers and hot dogs I need to get. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Nancy. We praise God for that. I'm going to ask Brother Lauren and Miss Karen if they'll go to the back, and y'all can greet them and meet them back there. And again, I, uh, I really encourage you to be here uh, be here tonight at 6 o'clock. I think it's time for that picture, Matt. There it is. I understand that Brother Lauren has pictures of his own of some of the ladies. <laughs> Isn't it good we can have good time in the Lord's house? Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you for being here, brother. We appreciate you so much. You and your lovely wife, if you all will step back to the back, we'll uh, let everybody meet you. Join with me as we pray. Lord God, we thank you and we praise your name for the opportunity of just serving you. I thank you for the opportunity of learning to know Brother Larry, Brother Lauren and, and Miss Karen. You just bless them and their ministry. Bless their health, Father. Strengthen them. And we'll just give you praise for it. Give us all a safe afternoon and bring us back tonight. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen.